Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Midnight Ramblings. I'm Jenny Silberstein, and I'm with my dear friend from Ladue Junior High, Carrie Austin Rosenthal. If you're joining us for the first time and you're wondering what this is all about, Carrie and I are two menopausal friends who can no longer sleep at night. So we decided the best thing to do would be to create a podcast about what we and others think about when we can't sleep. So, as we like to say, let's get ready to ramble. All right. Well, today I'm thrilled to welcome to the podcast Lisa Carroll. Lisa is CEO and co-founder of Proximity, a Chicago-based wearable event technology startup. Her company uses hardware and software to deliver social hardware for business. She is a female founder in manufacturing focused on fundamentally changing the ways humans use technology to connect. Among her accomplishments, her startup was a 2019 Momentum Award finalist, Chicago Innovation Award winner, recognized by A.T. Kearney as a digital innovator, and by Chicago Inno as a top five startup to watch. She regularly speaks and guest lectures on her experience as a founder on trends and tools used to affect and measure diversity and inclusion initiatives and on the importance of sales on every aspect of building a business. She is a member of 1871, Wisdom, the Chicago Connectory, Chicago Founders Circle, and she was recently accepted into Catapult Chicago, where startups go to scale. Outside of work, Lisa enjoys spending time with her family, cooking but not baking, running in new cities, and taking acting classes. She is one of the OGs of the Real Housewives of Glencoe. That's an inside joke. Don't go looking for it on Bravo. Please welcome to the podcast, my friend, the extremely impressive Lisa Carroll. Ooh, thanks for having me. My pleasure, our pleasure. So Lisa, we would like to know what you think about when you can't sleep. So I've never been a big sleeper ever since college. Uh, you know, I think maybe even since high school, um, you know, so I have a lot of time at night, I think, uh, to myself, you know, routinely up at two forty-five, three forty-five in the morning. And I do have a motto. I think I read it somewhere where it said, you know, try 15 minutes if you can't get back to sleep and the madness and get up. Um, <laughs> And so I do a lot of that, you know, I'll spend a little bit of time thinking in bed or, you know, trying to get back to sleep. But what gets me up and what gets me out of bed is really thinking about, uh, you know, a a lot about work, a lot about women and, you know, advancing kind of different aspects of our lives through, through career development and outside of it. That's pretty impressive that you have that you're that clear-minded in the middle of the night. Very impressed. Most people are worrying. You're like solving the world's problems, Lisa. I'm very impressed by you. So tell me a little bit more about what it is you think about specifically as it relates to women. You know, and as I was thinking about this podcast, you know, kind of normalizing some things that women are going through, I think is so important. As I've seen in starting this business and thinking about, you know, different ideas outside of it, how can we as women bring different issues to the forefront so that we can really build each other up and advance women in the workforce, women as as individuals and as moms. 
Well, I think this is such an important topic, and I'm so glad that someone is on here talking about this and encouraging women. And I guess my question would be, what motivated you to start a company like this? Yeah, so my company is, you know, interesting. It's kind of, you know, in this space, you know, as a, as a platform, um, you know, really leveling the playing field in the workforce. Uh, but we started this company. It's really, you know, a vision on how can people better engage and connect with one another based on shared interests, uh, you know, skills, you know, if I have a strength and you have a challenge, can we be matched and vice versa? You know, how can we really help people connect on things that are meaningful from the inside and not necessarily gravitate just toward people that maybe we're more comfortable with superficially, right? You know, it's human nature to walk up to people that look like you, that are the same age, the same race, same gender. Uh, what we wanted to do is say, you know, and we're doing that because we're humans and we're programmed to go with what's safe. Um, and then when you have nothing to go on besides what you can see, the safest thing that you can find is somebody that's like you, right? You know, the chances of having something in common are greater if I go up to someone that looks like me. Uh, but what if the person standing next to me, uh, you know, is a different race, is a different gender, different age, and we've got, you know, we both have the same hobbies or we've, I've got a, you know, a need and she's got a, you know, a skill. What if we could know that right from the minute we walk into a room what would our chances be that we walk up to that person first and feel really safe? Um, and that was really the, the impetus for developing this platform. Um, <clears throat> so that's why we started this company. And, you know, it's interesting. It's the first company I ever started. Uh, and previously to that, you know, was, was someone working for different companies, right? And so seeing kind of some things that happen even in this organization as a CEO now, you know, the issues that you run into as somebody working for a company don't necessarily just go away because you're the CEO. Yeah. I mean, so, so I was going to say, do you have an example of a time where you felt like shit, if I were a man right now, as we, as women go back into the workforce or we're, you know, we're talking and trying to come up with what is our value? What is our worth? Have you seen Jenny, you know, even as you've you know been coaching different women, getting back into the workplace that when you're going in, do people see a married woman as not needing to work or, you know, getting a different offer because they're valuing her, you know, as someone who's doing this, they don't really need to, they just want to. And this is a way for them to get back into it. And so if you were evaluating a male prospect who was, you know, seen as, you know, stereotypically the head of the household, the main breadwinner, would you be evaluating that candidate differently than the, than the other. Yeah, no, I mean, I think certainly this is just what we're all up against is these kind of unconscious biases that are at work and at play. And that's what it's like, you're stepping into an uneven playing field every single time you show up. And that's why I think it's so important for women to just have this wellspring of power within them, you know, that they can draw upon in those like exact situations, because right when they walk in, you know, they, whoever's across from them knows that, you know, if she's young, pretty soon she or married or not married, or, you know, she's going to get pregnant. She's going to have kids. She may work part-time. She may not bring her full self. You're up again, you know, because you're the one bearing the children. And so, you know, it's like, you have to have double the arsenal that the met, the guy next to you has. And so that's why I think it's so important that women, um, 
feel that power and um, feel that, you know, they don't have to dummy themselves down. They don't have to, um, you know, be passive or not find their voice just because maybe they are going to take some time off on maternity leave and have kids, or maybe they are, um, you know, maybe they are the head of household and they're just being perceived that they're not, you know, and their husband's the, the stay at home dad. Um, but yeah, certainly I, I see that a lot. Um, and I see a lot of women not knowing how to access that voice and just kind of accepting the role, maybe unconsciously that they've had to play for <laughs> since the beginning of time. But I think, you know, what I see is when they find that power and they, you know, believe in themselves and they have that confidence and that self-esteem and that support. So that support is really important, like like-minded people around them. That's why going to a therapist, having a company like yours, having a workplace that supports you, a family, you know, a partner, um, all of that just lends itself to, you know, we've got this, let's do this. And I think women supporting other women is the, is huge. It's like the key. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, Jenny, like kind of thinking about, you know, how you just said it, I've walked into a number of situations, Carrie, here's like some example for you, where someone has said something completely inappropriate or, you know, completely thrown me. Um, We don't walk in as women expecting that. And so, you know, I think, you know, I'm not walking in expecting somebody to say something completely inappropriate. Or, you know, to comment about some physical trait, not the business at hand, right? And what the meeting is really here for. Um, For example, I went into a meeting with an investor once and all he could talk about was, well, would your device, would your platform be working for Burning Man? And do you know Burning Man, the, you know, the festival? Uh, You know, that has an, an immediate implication to it. And he's saying, could we wear these, you know, these gadgets? Would this be working? What if this was all that I was wearing? You know, and here I am completely thrown. This is very inappropriate. This isn't, you know, going the direction that I thought it was. You know, this is someone who is, you know, um, a managing partner, one of the biggest firms in Chicago. And, you know, here I am, you know, pitching for my business. And if he's not interested in my business, I would appreciate just knowing that. And we can end this meeting. But here I am not knowing. I'm going back and forth. And this is very early on. You know, like I'm a very new entrepreneur. I'm just starting to get feedback. And and I went out, you know, you know what I did in that meeting was I laughed and I, I was completely thrown. I was completely uncomfortable. And what I did during that meeting was I laughed and I put him at ease and tried to like normalize it for him uh, because here I am, you know, trying to figure out how to direct it back to my company. I do want, you know, to see where this meeting can go, you know, and I left and I felt horrible. And I felt horrible about myself. I felt horrible about how it responded. I felt horrible about my company and, you know, what was the real value of it, you know, and, and, you know, and really felt demoralized and, you know, and, and in retrospect, I look back and I like, I made him think that was okay. You know? And so I think about that at night. I think about it as a mom with two girls. I think about it now when I go into meetings, you know, I should expect you know, that something inappropriate may happen. And what I really want to have, you know, in my, in my back pocket or at the ready are the words to take to that meeting so that I don't continue to make this seem okay. 
so what would those words be? Like if you were giving to advice to the young you, the younger you, by the way, for our listeners, she's not menopausal. <laughs> <laughs> I will be someday, you know? And so I respect everything that you guys are doing, you know, because it's a scary time and it's great to talk about all these things. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I actually have all of the words, you know, and things that I want would say exactly right. You know, I think that I would have said, if you're not interested in, you know, in really talking about my company, I'm happy to end this meeting, you know, and we can, you know, we can, we can do something later. Yeah. I had this woman and I can't remember exactly her mantra because we had her come up with a mantra before she went into a meeting to talk about her salary. And it was like the three C's. And I think it was, she just kept repeating, I'm calm, I'm confident. And I think the third C was uncompassionate, but I, it might've been something else. But she just kept repeating, I'm calm, I'm compassionate, I'm confident. And she said that, you know, because she was centered and she kind of meditated before. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Lisa, that you have to expect that you're gonna get feedback and things coming towards you that, you know, you're, you're not expecting because people do have these biases, especially if a young, attractive woman comes in and they're going to kind of also, you know, have to puff themselves up, you know, because most people's self-esteem is pretty low and they have to, you know, feel better about themselves in order to make, you know, themselves feel, feel good about what they're doing. Um, so I think, you know, we are in a culture of, of narcissists. And um, if you're, um, if you're going into these meetings, it's like you have to put your your suit of armor on and just kind of calm yourself. And your calmness and your your confidence about what you're doing is really your arsenal, you know, to bring. And I don't like to speak in terms of like weaponry here, <laughs> like suit of armor and arsenal or whatever. But I think for women, you know, part of it is that the calmness and the confidence and their compassion, you know, for um, for whoever's in front of them is going to bring whatever meeting that they have back to what's important. And the laughter, I think, yeah, we get uncomfortable. We get kind of thrown off because these comments are kind of like, you know, again, using this metaphor, they're like bullets coming at us and we're like, whoa. And so we just react by laugh, laughing or, or feeling uncomfortable or, you know, and that's like a normal, I think, reaction when you're not schooled in, in what is going to come at you. But I think probably by now, and, and I get the sense that as long as you've been doing it, you now know what this is, the playing field is, and you're, you're able to do it and help other women. The thing that I keep thinking about is the power dynamic and how effed up that is when you're trying to um, get money. I mean, think about it. So you need to get money from this guy. He might actually give you money. You don't know. And then you have to weigh as a woman, okay, do I allow him to make this inappropriate comment, laugh it off so that I can get the money because I am a businesswoman and, and what is best for my company is to get that money? Or do I say, you know what? I don't want to do business with you. You know, yeah. essentially saying- Well, and looking back, you know, it's interesting because- very young, very new, just starting out, have never fundraised. Uh, I'm sure that was apparent when I walked into this meeting. Um, completely thrown. I think that my laughing it off, my, you know, immediate, my knee jerk, you know, kind of like, let's keep this meeting going, keep a dialogue, uh, let him know that I can hang and, you know, keep talking. 
you know, probably did the opposite of, you know, establishing, you know, a level of confidence in me as a business person, uh, as someone who you would invest in, you know, I maybe came across as somebody who was more in, you know, Hey, she'd be great on the sales side, you know, but running this business, I don't know. Um, but you don't know that. And, and you, you don't walk in expecting that, you know, I absolutely expected that there could be a possible rejection. I didn't walk in expecting funding. I wanted to prove myself, prove the company, prove the mission, you know, walk through the financials, everything that you walk into a business meeting thinking you're going to discuss. I didn't walk in expecting that. And I had expected it more, you know, prior to starting this company, I was in beverage sales. Um, you know, sadly it's, you know, it's very routine in, in that type of a role. And, um, not that that means it's okay, but that it was, it happened as I, you know, started this company, became CEO, I wasn't necessarily expecting that at the same level. And so, you know, I, I, I do wish that I had gone in and said, you know, and been more serious and said, Hey, I'm here for a business meeting. This isn't, you know, this isn't coffee. This isn't cocktails. This isn't like something else. Are you, you know, what are you here for? And, you know, then I hope we keep it that way. Um, no, that's my intention for this meeting. And so, and I think that that, even if you didn't invest in the company, I could have been seen differently had I said that, but you feel, you feel this like kind of need to keep pleasing because you don't want this opportunity to go away. Uh, and so I would like to, you know, figure out how we, how I coach my daughters, you know, because eventually they'll be in the workforce. They'll be, you know, looking for summer jobs, you know, how do they, you know, respect themselves and keep that as priority number one, as they start getting into these situations, you know, where you just said, right, carry the power dynamic. Uh, there's something they need, there's something they want, but that doesn't mean that they have to give up a piece of themselves in the process. Would you say though, that maybe the mantra is that even if you feel like you're on the lower end of that power dynamic, meaning you're wanting money, they have money, right? When someone makes an, a comment like that, do you chalk it up to, for example, if he's older, generational, do you, you know, and that he could still be a very good partner or do, in your mind, do you think to yourself, I don't want to do business with that guy? These things are being discussed more and more openly. There are generations that don't hear it, don't see it. And so I would say that a lot of times things happen and they aren't intentional. It's, you know, unconscious bias. It's things that they wouldn't say, well, I'm not, you know, I equal opportunity for women. You know, I judge everybody equally when we know the truth. Right. You know, and, and I don't think that this person was evil, that he was, you know, you know, out to get me, you know, consciously. I think that this is, you know, this probably happened, you know, subconsciously, um, but I think that if we, if we chalk it up to that and don't say something, you know, and this doesn't mean that I would just storm out and walk out of the room and be like, never, you know, there could be something here that I'm still interested in exploring, you know, and, and you walking in, you're right. The power dynamic, like you need money, but you also have an opportunity. So you have to look at it that way. This is an opportunity that you're presenting for them to get in on something that you're very passionate, that you've put the time and work into and see as, you know, an investable business, you know, you're giving them the opportunity to review it. You just need to make sure that you set the expectation that, you know, when things are said, you have things that you can, that I could say that, you know, other people going into these meetings that they can say 
so that the expectation is is straightforward and you you're not left laughing. You know, I'm okay with them saying no to the deal. I'm not okay leaving the way I I felt. You know, and yeah. so refuse now to go into meetings. Uh, you know, and and I'm, I refuse to let myself leave feeling that way. I think you probably the more you do it, the more intu- intuitive you become. You're going to read that and you're going to make an assessment because some people are just unaware, you know, like they just don't know like what they're doing and they, they just say stupid things from that place of unawareness. And then it could actually be a good business opportunity. So you're not going to just discount them because they say a stupid comment, but at the same time, you know, the, probably the more you do it, you have ways of, of, you know, calling them out on it. If, if, if it keeps happening, you know, and that's really, you've got to figure it out. Like if it's appropriate or inappropriate, like you could, I think using humor, I think you'd be assertive, you know, meaning like, look, I know your game and I'm not an idiot. Like I'm here to do business. You're here to do business, cut the bullshit. And if you want to be part of my company, let's go. If not, if you're going to, if you're going to like, you know, stoop to that level, I'm not interested. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. I see women and and they're just like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I don't know. You know, and it's like, it's really, really hard sometimes to know when you're any in any power dynamic, you know, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a business, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody that you're consulting with, um, you know, you're, you have to make that assessment and ask yourself, how am I showing up? How am I showing up in this situation? Am I showing up as an empowered person who is coming from a place of being centered or am I showing up in a place of feeling nervous or that I'm in a one down position and whatever place you're showing up and whatever place you're speaking from probably is going to dictate how that meeting goes. I guess the more you do it, are you finding for yourself, Lisa, that you know what you're walking, even though you may not know what you're walking into, you know how to handle it. I I mean, I think I'm always learning. I think we all are. And so I would say, you know, walking into meetings now, I have more, you know, more tools, you know, more, more ideas of how and what I want to say, uh, you know, so that I'm, so that we're having a conversation, you know, as we have both intended, I believe, you know, when we set the meeting. Um, but I think it's also, you know, sad to say that you walk into meetings now with the expectation and the hope that it's going to go, you know, the way that you'd planned, but with the understanding that there may be things that are said that you're not anticipating. And so to kind of just, I like your motto of, you know, calm and in control. Yeah. And that was the other C actually. I'm, I'm calm. I'm in control. Well, it could be four C's. I'm confident and I'm passionate because, yeah. I guess I threw in control. I decided that in control of the meeting, you know, always helps. And so, you know, I think about that a lot, you know, just kind of staying calm and not feeling, you know, even if there's a moment of silence while you're figuring out exactly what to say, that's okay. Someone put you on guard. They didn't say something that was appropriate. It's okay if you take a pause and don't immediately laugh it off or come back to that. Like, it's okay to have some silence in a room and being okay with that, I think is part of the calm and in control. You know, you think about speeches and some of the best speeches, and I know they talk about presidential speeches and some of the, you know, the best public speaking when the speaker has enough confidence to take a breath and look, you know, 
take a thought and then start speaking, you're immediately more drawn in, you're attentive, that person's in control of the room and you're captivated. I, mean, I guess I'm using all C words now. Yes, um, <laughs> we're adding to the C list. I love it. I think, was, yeah, and, no, that's so true. I mean, I think, you know, when you see a speaker that is in control, calm, <laughs> captivating, confident, you're just, you know, you're at ease. And I think it's the same when you show up to a, to a meeting or to a relationship or to a podcast, because Lisa's very well-spoken. Um, I, I have a question. Um, you, you mentioned your sister. I'm just curious, like, and you mentioned your girls, like as, as growing up and, and just coming from the family you came from, like what kind of, you know, I, as you look at it, what kind of inspired you to create a company like this or to feel the way that you do about empowering women? Well, I think... Jenny, it's interesting, like, you know, when we say we need more people in the top in leadership positions, because what do we do? You know, and this is why we need more diversity on boards. We need even more diversity, you know, outside of just gender, you know, at the top in leadership positions of, of companies and of companies that, you know, get started and funded um, from scratch, you know, because what happens when you're at the top, you trust you know, a broader spectrum of people. This isn't just white men hiring white men. You know, this is women. This is this is different diversities. This is, you know, different, you know, races. And we're hiring people um, more diversely as a result. And so I think that, you know, that's inspiring in and of itself. You know, the more people that we get of, you know, all walks of life at the top, the more that's going to filter down. And when people join companies, they're going to join because they see people at the top that look and act like them. Yeah, and I think, you know, to Jenny's question, you know, who did I have around me to have so that I had enough confidence to do this or inspiration to do it, you know, take the leap of faith and start something. And, you know, to say that I completely did it by myself would be wrong. I've got, you know, my husband who's been, you know, behind the scenes and definitely like hugely inspirational and motivating, you know, um, both financially to support so that I could take the risk to do this and get it to the point where, you know, it could support itself. Right. Um, so there's a lot that goes into different things to make sure that, you know, that women can have these opportunities, you know, or, uh, you know, be a mom, have everything going at once. Um, you know, there's a lot, you know, of family support. My parents are very supportive. My sister is also hugely influential. Um, but I think growing up, I also had, um, my mom always worked, you know, and so we saw my mom working, we saw her juggling, you know, coming home late, still making dinner, uh, you know, both of my parents getting us off to school in the morning, scheduling camp, extracurriculars, vacations, you know, really doing it all. And so it was always, you know, I always had her as a huge role model into, you know, what it looked like to juggle a hundred different things at once. Uh, and I think women are really skilled at doing that. You know, we're, we're great multitaskers. I was just watching, I saw like something on Instagram, an old speech from Reese, Reese Witherspoon uh, when she was starting her production company. And she was, you know, appalled at the fact that in every movie, I don't know if you've seen this speech. I thought it was amazing, but like so spot on um, and how we see and how I see women in general, right? So she said, uh, you know, you look at all these movies and in the script, uh, when you're reading the manuscript, you look at any movie, there's a point in the plot where the woman turns to the man and says, what are we going to do now? And she's like, 
Do you know any women, you know, family, friends in your orbit that would, in a moment of crisis, turn to the man and say, what are we going to do now? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Right? And I was like, that is so spot on. And I think, you know, I know all, you know, my, my friends in the Real Housewives, my friends from college, high school, you know, everyone in my, in my, in my friend circle is a woman in charge. Yeah. Like, that's why we have the, the babies because when push comes to shove, literally, um, we give birth to these ideas. We give birth to these beings and we, you know, push and shove, we get things out of the way and we do what needs to be done. And there's not a moment in time when you're having the baby where you're going to turn your husband and say, can you have this baby for me? No, no, you're going to have, you're going to take care of business when it needs to be taken care of. And, and that's, that's at home in a meeting, they have this unbelievable power to give birth to a being, right? And when they're in a meeting, all of a sudden they're like, they lose their voice. They lose that power. And and I think just remembering that before you even open your mouth, before you do anything is so important because we forget it moment to moment. That's another C. We conceive. Conceive. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, kind of like internalizing those feelings, those, you know, that you, that we know what we're capable of, right. You know, we've another C, another C. Yeah. This is, I guess we can call this the C podcast. I don't know. Like, um, I think, you know, when you walk into a meeting, knowing that in the moment of crisis, you know, or that you are, you are go-to, you know, you are critical, you are, you know, all of these things, you know, if anything ever happened with one of our kids, you know, you'd be all over it, right? You know, kids choking, you're not waiting around for someone to do something about it, you're in there. You know, same goes in business. You know, we might be able to see things and act on them, we shouldn't be afraid to do so. So knowing, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go, sorry. I was just gonna say, knowing that what this person said was wrong, I now have more confidence in saying like, Hey, this isn't how I want this meeting to go. And, you know, yeah, there's a risk that, and and this is what I think I've learned as I've grown as a, you know, from this business is there's a risk that you say that and they say, well, I'm not investing. I want to have a meeting. I want it to be casual, this, you know, but the greater risk is actually laughing it off and, and letting them think that this is okay. You know, you show up more, you know, more sophisticated, more respectable, you know, when you can call it out on the table, whether this is, you know, chalk it up to age, generation, whatever it is, you know, by saying out loud, this isn't the meeting that I want to have. You know, this isn't how, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. Or do you want to have the, you know, the right meeting here? Um, I, I think that, you know, knowing that in inside, believing it and, you know, understanding that you're going to have a greater chance of that going your way and getting, you know, what you want out of the meeting when you can be respect, when you can respect yourself and call this person out. A hundred percent. My question is what advantages besides our incredible strength to birth children, do you find that you have, that you have found that you have because you are a woman in the workplace? Oh, and this is what I was thinking about when we started, you know, so it's coming full circle is a network of women. You know, I find so much inner strength through, I've got, you know, different sets of friends that I've had forever. Like once I've got them, I'm not letting them go. You know, I've got my, my best friends from high school. 
I've got my best friends from college. I've got, you know, friends that I've met through, you know, my career is working, you know, and then I've got, you know, my friends from that I've met as a mother in Glencoe and that, you know, are, are truly, you know, amazing best friends as well. And also family friends where our kids can be friends, our husbands can be friends. Um, you know, I've got my sister. And so I think that, you know, what we, you know, and I can call any of them in a moment of need, whether that's personal or professional. And I think that, you know, and get honest feedback on things and support, you know, Hey, I've got a really big meeting coming up. I'm kind of freaking out, you know, and, and get some advice from, you know, any one of these groups uh, is, is huge. Why is there dynamic there? If we're so powerful, especially in groups, you know, and we come into a meeting, what happens? Like what, what in us allows us to, to even think twice about feeling less than, yeah, and I think it's a little bit of unconscious bias, even within our, ourselves, right? You know, so a woman comes in to present, and you're on the receiving end of the presentation, uh, you know, and you you might view that person yourself one way, or you might yeah. feel like this person is is not in your orbit yet. This isn't a friend. This is a potential competitor. This is a risk. You know, she yeah. might take attention away from the project that I'm working on. You know, and so I do think that we really need to, uh, you know, work to better support one another and call, you know, call out that, hey, we even do this to ourselves, you know. Um, And so I think that's why all of these important, you know, these friend groups supporting one another, you know, hearing of someone's success, you know, isn't something to envy or, you know, or, or want for yourself, you know, this is, this is a a benefit yeah. for all of us. Well, I see it, you know, I also work with a lot of adolescents and I have, you know, girls of my own. Um, and you see it early on, this kind of mean girl thing going on, you know, where this drama is created and, you know, there's eyes looking all over, like who's, you know, who's got the best nose and the best body and the best clothes. And, you know, this this unconscious bias of, you know, sizing people up and women do it to other women. And, you know, it's awful. It's awful. And, and you start to feel, you know, less than, and you start to feel, you know, and, and it really is about, again, and I, you know, tell my teens this too, you know, it's just about finding your, finding your power, finding your voice and whatever's coming in and really working together. That's where that compassion comes in. And that knowledge of, you know, just, if I tear you down, I'm tearing myself down because we're all in this together. Lisa, when you said you walked away and you felt sad, I'm guessing, I mean, if I were you, I guess part of what would have made me feel, I don't know if sad's the right word, but regretful or whatever it is. I feel like for me, that would have been, you know, just feeling like, gosh, that's not me. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, I think that's part of the sadness is that you weren't true to yourself, you know, and so regretful, yes. But also um, it was an opportunity to learn and really reflect and say, like, how did that play out? How would it have played out if I had been different? Uh, you know, kind of like I, I do a lot of talking to myself and kind of like, okay, I would say this and they would say back, you know, and I do that now before I go into any meeting, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, a pitch or an investment, a sales presentation, a meeting with my team, you know, as I'm going to give this news, what is likely the response and how am I going to respond? And then also thinking through, well, what if it doesn't go exactly that way? And that's kind of what happened with this. And I played it out and realized I would have won the day and been more respected, you know, which is what I really ultimately wanted as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, 
if I had acted differently and called this guy out, which isn't natural. And you know what else? I was just thinking, you always are going to be with you. Whereas that man may or may not be that person, that funder, whatever, may or may not be in your trajectory for long. He may be a partner, he may give you money, but then you may not. But you always have to live with and value you. So that's where the the priority needs to be, really. I don't want to deny that the world is superficial. You know, we do, whether we mean to or not, you know, we have eyes and we use them, you know, it's obvious in movies and magazines, you know, we are very drawn to things that, you know, we think are pleasant and attractive. You know, we're not going to stop feeling these things. We're humans, but the most attractive thing and the best, you know, your best, you know, walking into a room, you know, beyond what you can control and what, you know, you present is confidence. You know, really, that is, is the most beautiful, that's the most, you know, captivating, again, quality, I think, when, when someone walks into a room, and they are confident, and they are secure in what they're saying, and how they feel about themselves, you know, that is the most attractive thing. And so, you know, as the kids are going through these things, you know, and, you know, I say, if you can just, you know, stand up straight, you know, people are going to say mean things. But do not let that affect how you feel about you. You know you, you know, and I feel that now going into these meetings, you know, and going into these unexpected, like if I can be confident in who I am and, and, you know, the qualities that I possess, you know, take it or leave it. You know, if you don't like what this is, like, that's okay. We can have a conversation. I can take that, you know, this might not be the right fit, but I'm not going to not, you know, be myself and be confident. You know, there's this quote that I like, and it's it says, a strong woman looks a challenge in the eye and gives it a wink. I think if if you look at a situation or a person and you just kind of like center yourself and, and you give it a wink, you've got this um, and you're going to get through it. And if you need support, you have other women and men around you who are going to fund you and who are going to be on your team and who are going to you know be be supportive, but, um, we're saying confidence is so important, but what do you guys think confidence is? What is confidence? I think there are a number of answers probably to what confidence is. I for think you. for, for you. me, um, you know, confidence is really is being secure in that, you know, that you prepared that, you know, what you're talking about. Confidence is the, you know, ability to say, I don't know. Uh, you know, I find a lot of times in a meeting, if someone asks me a question and the truth is like, I don't know, I, I don't know what that term is. I've never heard that before. I think that there's confidence in asking the question, uh, you know, or feeling that you're, that it doesn't go against your, your intelligence to not know everything. Right. You know, we don't. Um, and I think it's confidence that, you know, if something isn't, you know, isn't how you anticipate or what you want. I mean, and this probably goes into so many situations like outside of just work, right? Like with a guy or, you know, as the kids get into relationships and start having things happening, like the confidence to say that saying, no, this isn't what I want, isn't going to change, you know, if it changes how someone feels about you, they're not the right person, you know, whether that's work or personal. One thing I think about with confidence and it's sort of piggybacking on what you said is this idea that if, you know, that confidence isn't perfection. Confidence is understanding that we are completely imperfect and yet we bring something unique to the table. 
that no one else in this world has. Um, and so that's part of what I was thinking about when you were talking, Lisa. But the other thing I was wondering was, what if you're not confident? Like, what if something happens in the meeting and you, you find that you didn't prepare properly? Or, you've, you know, how do you handle that? And what recommendation would you give others in that situation? Yeah, well, learn from it and prepare next time, right? Like, <laughs> you can say like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I was so prepared for all these other things. Uh, you know, I don't have that slide put together. You know, give me an hour. Let me, you know, come back to you later this afternoon on that. Or let me get back to you. That is okay to say. And, you know, it's like falling down if you're in the middle of an ice skating performance. Like, you keep going. You keep doing the next flips and turns, you know? Like, that one thing doesn't need to be the only takeaway from this meeting. There, I'm sure, are other things or from this performance or whatever happened, right? You know, that are going to, you know, count in your in, in your in your corner, right? Uh, but yeah, you've got to be confident in saying, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. Or if you really do feel that you should have better prepared, you know, that's a lesson uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, we're not all going to be prepared and, you know, for every meeting, you know, but preparedness is different than confidence. If you've done the work and prepared, be confident in that. Um, the thing that I'm sitting here wondering about is, and I just don't want you to get off the podcast without us addressing it, is how have you balanced because I know when you, I, as your friend, I have seen when you are working, you are working. You are flying from city to city. You are just out and about. And how have you balanced being a wife, a mother, a daughter, a friend, and being a CEO? How the hell have you done that, girl? Well, probably pretty imperfectly. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that it is... I enjoy having a lot of things to think about at once. I really do. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people, and I think a lot of us are, where you know, if you've got a million things to do, we get them done. If there's one or two, nothing gets done. You know, it's like, mm, I'll do that tomorrow. Um, and so I do. I enjoy having a lot of tasks. I have a lot of, I'm an extrovert. I very much love being with people and you know, find a lot of enjoyment on, on reaching out to friends. If I'm traveling for work, making time to find a friend in that city and getting together with them for, you know, a coffee, a drink, a dinner, you know, and so making the most of that time, uh, you know, I like to fill every moment. And so I think the lifestyle kind of suits me. Uh, but I would say that it's, you know, it's not, not hard, you know, it is a struggle. It's hard to, everybody wants something. And so with setting expectations and also compartmentalizing, I think is key. Not that I'm great at doing it all the time, but saying I'm going to take an hour out of work. I'm going to spend it doing this activity or I'm going to cook dinner and not look at my phone. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, but really making, you know, understanding that if somebody emails me or calls me during this hour, they're going to be okay if I get back to them later. You know, like we, we can get ourselves into these frenzies where we think that everything and every person reaching out, you know, deserves an immediate response. And a lot of times it's great. You can be responsive, but like taking that hour or that time away to focus on something that's good for you, whether that's exercise, reading, or on a project with the kids, like, I think it's really important to do that. You know, you do your best. You do your best. You set boundaries. You try to compartmentalize. But the, the truth is we're all human and we're all imperfect. And there's confidence in that to say, you know what? This is going on and and it's and it humanizes you. Like if you've ever seen a speaker and they say something and they, you know, that you can relate to, that's human. You're like, oh my God, 
she's a human being. I love that person. You just come across Lisa as so um, human and and such a doer and and doing it just with a smile and grace and and you know um, I'm just really happy you came on today. Well, thanks for having me. This was great. You know what you have done and what you've accomplished is really very impressive, and I I'm so glad to be your friend, but. Today, I'm really glad that you've been able to share this, your insight with us, because I think it's really powerful and I appreciate it. To our listeners, if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. To learn what we're all about, please visit us at themidnightramblings.com, where you too can become a fansomniac. And of course, be sure to tell your friends, because your support is necessary to make this thing take off. So... For the Midnight Ramblings, this is Carrie Ofstein-Rosenthal and Jenny Silverstein. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week.